Greetings and aloha. Welcome to Philosophia with Mina Athena, episode 19 on August 26, 2022. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and happy Friday. So today I would like to share the beautiful poetry of Mary Oliver and uh, an excerpt of one of her essays as well. And I shall begin. Reckless poem. Today, again, I am hardly myself. It happens over and over. It is heaven sent. It flows through me like the blue wave. Green leaves, you may believe this or not, having once or twice emerged from the tips of my fingers. Somewhere, deep in the woods, in the reckless seizure of spring. Though, of course, I also know that other song the sweet passion of oneness. Just yesterday, I watched an ant crossing a path through the tumbled pine needle she toiled, and I thought, she will never live another life but this one. And I thought, if she lives her life with all her strength, is she not wonderful and wise? And I continued this up the miraculous pyramid of everything, until I came to myself. And still, even in these northern woods, on these hills of sand, I have flown from the other window of myself to become white heron, blue whale, red fox, hedgehog. Oh, sometimes already my body has felt like the body of a flower. Sometimes already, My heart is a red parrot perched among strange dark trees, flapping and screaming. Poem by Mary Oliver. The spirit likes to dress up like this. Ten fingers, ten toes shoulders and all the rest at night in the black branches in the morning in the blue branches of the world it could float of course but would rather plume rough matter airy and shapeless thing it needs the metaphor of the body lime and appetite the oceanic fluids It needs the body's world, instinct, and imagination, and the dark hug of time, sweetness, and tangibility. To be understood, to be more than pure light that burns where no one is. So it enters us in the morning, shines from brute comfort like a stitch of lightning. And at night, lights up the deep and wondrous drownings of the body like a star. 
the summer day. Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean. The one who has flung herself out of the grass. The one who is eating sugar out of my hand. Who is moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down. Who is gazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts up, lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face. Now she snaps her wings open and floats away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I have been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? The journey. One day you finally knew what you had to do and began. Though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles, mend my life, each voice cried. But you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do. Though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible. It was already late enough and a wild night and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of cloud and there was a new voice which you slowly recognized as your own that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into this world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the small animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you, 
like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. A dream of trees. There is a thing in me that dreamed of trees, a quiet house, some green and modest acres, a little way from every troubling town, a little way from factories, schools, laments. I would have time, I thought, and time to spare, with only streams and birds for company, to build out of my life a few wild stanzas. And then it came to me that so was death, a little way away from everywhere. There is a thing in me still dreams of trees, but let it go, homesick for moderation. Half the world's artists shrink or fall away. If any find solution, let him tell it. Meanwhile, I bend my heart toward lamentation, where as the times implore our true involvement, the blades of every crisis point the way. I would it were not so, but so it is. Whoever made music of a mild day. In Blackwater Woods. Look, the trees are turning their own bodies into pillars of light, are giving off the rich fragrance of cinnamon and fulfillment. The long tapers of cattails are bursting and floating away over the blue shoulders of the ponds and every pond, no matter what its name is, is nameless now. Every year, everything I have ever learned in my lifetime leads back to this, the fires and the black river of loss, whose other side is salvation, whose meaning none of us will ever know. To live in this world you must be able to do three things. To love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones knowing your own life depends on it. And when the time comes, to let it go, to let it go. And this piece, is a book excerpt on reverence from her collected essays book called Upstream. Knowledge has entertained me and it has shaped me and it has failed me. Something in me still starves. In what is probably the most serious inquiry of my life, I have begun to look past reason, past the provable in other directions. Now I think there is only one subject worth my attention, 
and that is the precognition of the spiritual side of the world, and within this recognition, the condition of my own spiritual state. I am not talking about having faith necessarily, although one hopes to. What I mean by spirituality is not theology, but attitude. Such interest nourishes me beyond the finest compendium of facts. In my mind now, in any comparison of demonstrated truths and unproven but vivid intuitions, the truths lose. I would therefore write a kind of elemental poetry that doesn't just avoid indoors, but doesn't even see the doors that lead inward to laboratories, to textbooks, to knowledge. I would not talk about the wind and the oak tree and the leaf on the oak tree, but on their behalf. I would talk about the owl and the thunder worm and the daffodil and the red spotted newt as a company of spirits, as well as bodies. I would say that the fox stepping out over the snow has nerves as fine as mine and a better courage. I would write praise poems that might serve as comforts, reminders, or even cautions if needed to wayward minds and unwakened hearts. I would say that there exist a thousand unbreakable links between each of us and everything else and that our dignity and our changes are one. The farthest star and the mud at our feet are a family, and there is no decency or sense in honoring one thing or a few things and then closing the list. The pine tree, the leopard, the plate plate river, and ourselves, we are at risk together or we are on our way to a sustainable world together. We are each other's destiny. I could not be a poet without the natural world. Someone else could, but not me. For me, the door to the woods is the door to the temple. Don't hesitate. If you suddenly and unexpectedly feel joy, don't hesitate. Give in to it. There are plenty of lives and whole towns destroyed or about to be. We are not wise and not very often kind, and much can never be redeemed. Still, life has some possibility left. Perhaps this is its way of fighting back, that sometimes something happens better than all the riches or power in the world. It could be anything, but very likely you notice it in the instant when love begins. Anyway, that's often the case. Anyway, whatever it is, don't be afraid of its plenty. Joy is not made to be a crumb. And the last poem, When Death Comes. The hungry bear in autumn 
when death comes and takes all the bright coins from his purse to buy me and snaps the purse shut. When death comes like the measle pox. When death comes like an iceberg between the shoulder blades. I want to step through the door full of curiosity, wondering what is it going to be like, that cottage of darkness? And therefore, I look upon everything as a brotherhood and a sisterhood. And I look upon time as no more than an idea. And I consider eternity as another possibility. And I think of each other. I think of each life as a flower, as common as a field daisy and as singular. And each name a comfortable music in the mouth tending, as all music does, towards silence. And each body a lion of courage and something precious to the earth. When it's over, I want to say all my life, I was a bride married to amazement. I was the bridegroom taking the world into my arms. When it's over, I don't want to wander, wonder, if I had made of my life something particular and real. I don't want to find myself sighing and frightened or full of argument. I don't want to end up simply having visited this world. So those are the beautiful words of wisdom by Mary Oliver. And she brings me such great comfort uh, to see the beauty and wonder and amazement of life in its most simplest forms, just by being in the present moment. It has been now five days since I've uh, not podcasted. I've been in a very pensive um, mode with my younger brother's passing uh, death anniversary on August 22nd, which would have made it 18 years that he has passed on. So in my eyes, he will always be 29 forever. And my dear precious mother, her 14th death celebration is on August 31st. So although my mind and my heart and my soul deeply feel them and know they are well. The physical being of who I am, the memory of me as a child, to my mother and my father, who's also passed away, and a sister to my brother, all the memories are still very much alive in me. And for that, I miss them 
dearly. So as every thing has its seasons, the fishermen will fish during the warmer months and in the winter it will be time to mend their nets and just as there are cycles of life and death and continues on I am in this season of perhaps rain that is much needed in order for the new seeds in me to grow. So I wish everyone a beautiful Friday and may you have a beautiful weekend filled with love and curiosity and wonder and May time stretch for you and may you be kind to yourself and to others. Be well, stay healthy, blessings and namaste. Have a beautiful day.